Are you ready to get the kill done? Welcome to Okashina Podcast Anime with Friends. I am Boo. No, wait. No, I'm not. <laughs> I am Sabrina Ray. And I am walking the path of the woman. But here with me to make sure that we talk about the path of the man is my best friend, Don Munson. Yeah, I don't, Don, I don't think the path of the man needs much much explanation but sure i am happy to be how are you walking the path of the man i am worried that i've been eating too much uh is my general path of the man recently that doesn't sound like the man that sounds like a little beta bitch boy (laughs) dang that's like the second time in as many episodes you have called me that do you start to feel like it might be true i mean i guess i don't subscribe to the notion that there are alpha and beta boys um i think i think you're just being uh i think you're overplaying your hand by calling me both a bitch boy and beta (laughs) like you're you you don't you're you're clearly just fishing for insults at that point and my skin is fishing i'm very comfortable in my skin so i'm really not gonna get um i have an insult boat and these fish are just jumping into my boat yeah i if you had tr- not used the same insult in as many episodes, I would, I would say that your your cup is overrunning. But I feel like you've just got one s- sad little minnow that you're trying to use to swat me with. That's true. It's a weird metaphor. But tell me more about this. So you're watching what you eat? No, I'm not. That's that's my point. <laughs> and I've been eating some delicious things. So yeah, I just. I fell off the exercise uh, routine in COVID and I've been eating basically whatever I please and I know that I'm heavier than I've been and maybe ever. This is a bad advertisement for that Ring Fit Adventure that you you know touted. I I do like that and it's fun, but I just my main issue is saying the praises of is carving aside my time to work out and I used to do it first thing in the morning and just in order to have any time with my spouse um i've had to sort of stay up late and that that just destroyed the stuff in the morning and so that's unfortunately where i am i have been watching disenchantment season three uh it's never been my favorite show or anything i've never seen a person wearing its merch like its t-shirts and shit but it's pretty entertaining. Like, just to give you an example, if you haven't seen it, there's a character named Elfo, and he gets kicked out of his, or he leaves his elf village, where it's like the happy little elves who make, like, candy, which is a euphemism for drugs, kind of. And he goes out into the real world, and he's just, everywhere he goes, he's like, Hi, I'm Elfo! <laughs> And it never failed to make me laugh, but the best moment was when he... There's this drowning person, and they're like, Help me, I'm drowning! And he's like, Hi, I'm Elfo! <laughs> you know, because he thought the guy was... His name was Drowning. I I watched, I don't know, three or four episodes of it when it first came out, 
And I felt that it was so, like, all the jokes were just falling so flat for me. And I just could not maintain interest enough to let it develop. It does develop in a good way. And I'd say about halfway through the first season, I was pretty much all in. But it's never been consistently good. And it's rather incoherent in how many, like, conspiracy plots and prophecies and, like things they stack atop each other like i feel like they know where it's going but they're taking so freaking long to get there like in the second season you find out that it's not just dreamland the medieval place but there's also a place called Steamland, which is a steampunk like utopia and uh it throws a big monkey wrench into what you think about the show because the show felt like it was just like oh it's futurama but it's medieval times ah, ha, ha. and you know it it definitely has like some bad dated writing, but I liked it. And my favorite character in the new season is the mother. Her name is Dagmar. She she has the best voice. She's like, Obin. Like Obin. No, I don't think I'm getting it. You have to love me as long as you hate me. Like, she's just got this like wonderful way of delivering the lines that always that always works for me. Um, and that's what I've been doing. But let's talk about this episode because we, we we went from last week where we were dealing with like what it means to be a woman, like the struggle between sort of like uh, becoming more traditional versus more uh, liberated and free of responsibility and control of your own destiny and like a conservative versus liberalism. And now this week we're we're dealing with like what it means to be a man, kind of. <laughs> uh, it's really represented in a fun way. There's a comic book that runs throughout. There's a manga, uh, which is kind of a throwback sort of thing, like where like a I don't know, like a crying free man or like a yeah, that like comic very, book is like, very odd. Um, and I. <laughs> Like, he just talks in, like, very, like... It's a very, like, speak softly and carry a big stick sort of comic. Well, the one thing that was weird about it was its archaic nature. Um, But the other thing about it... Yeah, it felt like a 1950s throwback. Very, you know, Ur-Man. You've got your very... (laughs) Second time you've used that word. Defined roles of masculine and feminine. with The man sweeping in as the hero and the woman... You know, oh, oh thank just, you for saving me. What can I ever do to repay you? And tell me your name. Constantly nagging, nagging him not to die, nagging him not to go fight, nagging him to like stay. That's her only role. This like woman who keeps popping up. She's either being saved by him or nagging. But him. I, this whole episode is much more of a roller coaster, and not kind of what I expected. Like, you you know this character, and it's very clear that this character is linked to Maria, in particular Maria, not um, uh, not Maria's alter ego, Harumi. Uh, and there's, like, you you find out that, that they... This is what I found confusing. I felt like they were talking about how there was a connection uh, and they knew who did, who did it. They knew... They now had a suspect or they had caught the the person. And so... You're talking about at the end of last episode? Yeah, yeah. And then... But here, Hiroka starts out and you find out that he's a policeman. 
and he's sort of pumping the detective for information on the case and trying to find out if if Harumi has talked about her experience as Maria and the fact that she's a prostitute. Um, and then you find out that Hirokawa is in fact a dirty cop and is going and is in fact sort of shaking down the local crime lord, which I I wasn't, I guess, I didn't think that Hirokawa was a good guy. Oh, he's as dirty as they come. Well, and this is the thing that I wasn't quite clear about. Like, they kept talking about, he's like, all I've got is my wife and my kid. All I've got is my family. And he's building this house. But do you ever see his family? Like, I didn't ever. You will. Okay. You will see his family. He's not done yet. Um, but, yeah, you're right. It's just the house, basically. The house represents, like... His fulfillment somehow, right. right? So early in the episode, we get this corruption. He's like out, like like messing around with prostitutes and at clubs and like shaking down the 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 crime lord. And it's it's as unsavory as it gets. Um, yes, and unsavory is a great word for it because I was crawling out of my skin to get away from this man. He is so repulsive. The way that he like like starts like touching the the yakuza guy on his knees and like like pawing at the like pictures of the girls and like just getting like ugh like well i think no i think he's supposed to be gross like he is supposed to be repugnant repellent um he's you know got he's sort of got narrow eyes and a big fleshy body and a wide mouth and he's spitting yeah. and you know he's don't talk about it you gross i mean you know, th- this is the the character who he is. Um, he's a little bit dense, and then he starts getting shaken down himself. Yes, but before we get there, I just wanted to say that, like, you know, you were talking about how he and Hirokawa, uh, he and Ikaru, Ikari, Detective Ikari, sort of like have back and forth interactions with each other while he's pumping him for information, and they seem to go back a ways as far as their relationship. But he plays the good husband to the to a T in those interactions. Like and Ikari kind of looks up to him as some kind of like exalted, upstanding Japanese male bastion of virtue. Like he's doing it right, he's doing it for the family, he's doing he's getting he's he's putting in the hours. Like he makes it seem like he's He's sacrificing so much to get to this point. Yeah, all I got to do it all for my family. You know, building the house, I'm going to be in debt forever for it. Uh, and that's going to be important because Ikari's backstory ties into everything you're learning here. Um, but that won't be for a while. But still, I'm just saying, like, for the audience at home, like, the 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 contrast between those two characters could not be more different. Yeah, I would agree with that. But yeah, he gets shaken down. You're right. And the the like after after it's sort of like getting so cocky and so so just crass about his corruption. Uh a a much bigger a much bigger name comes and sort of like tells him. I like the way this plays out because I love the fact that he 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 sort of hangs himself, right? Because He's like, oh yeah, me and that guy that I shook down, we're we're close. Yeah, we're friends. super we're close. Like, we're like buddies, 
And he's like, oh, you're his friend. Well, he's getting married and he's going to require like a tidy sum in order for you to celebrate. And that's true. In Japan, you're supposed to like give quite a lot because weddings are paid for partially by the guests. Um, I had to give, I, I didn't even know if I wanted to go to this wedding. Because I, I, I had to give, you can't give uh, even numbers because they can be divided evenly between two people. So you have to give odd numbers. So I gave like, um, I gave $500 to this couple or 501. I don't know. It was something like that. I probably gave 501. Uh, as it turns out, no matter how much money, uh, Harukimi tries to throw, um, Hirokawa, Hirokawa, sorry, tries to throw it. The crime lord, the 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 big boss, uh, he is never going away. That's clear. Yeah, um, it seems like he's getting his money back. Like over the years, he's been investing. Like what's interesting to me is that over the years, this crime boss has been, through his subordinate, has been investing in this cop's corruption, and it's gotten to the point where the cop has now put all of his money into this house. So. He's basically created his own weakest point, and he's shown that he's weak character. So he's he has no choice but to start like being, like actually being a criminal, because uh, there's no other way to get that money, or just he would have to give up his house, or he'd have to lose something. So he ends up starting to. I, I was going to call him a cut purse because I couldn't think of the word. For what it. a great! I haven't heard that in a long time. But yeah, like he's just doing petty robbery. Yeah, cut purse, and yeah. Uh, it's interspa- it's interspersed with that with that uh, manga that we've been talking about, where he's this guy's like, I can't go back. That's a man. Well, path. and that's the thing that I found so weird about it is like the the this nineteen fifties throwback shows a character who is in like he's espousing very strong moral fiber, like in the sense of. He is a man, he's choosing the path of righteousness, he's got to do this, or the idea that you can't go back is, once you have set your mind to a task, you must complete it. That's, I believe, the, the implication. once you, it's once a man has set his, ta- his, yeah. his mind on a task, he must, he must complete it. That's right. It. I, I think it is a very, a very archaic notion, also doesn't weigh cost-benefit analysis, but okay, moving on. The thing I find weird about this interspersion is does Hirokawa see himself as a noble character here or is he really amoral and like when he when he ties up the family in their own house and steals the money they've been saving for decades and the daughter comes home and he's hiding in the house with a knife and he surprises her and he says call me and you've got the interspersion of the comic book call me daddy and it's like really foul and gross um but i couldn't quite tell like does is he just seeing himself as the hero of his own story why is he having these mental parallels to the comic on the one hand he's on a he's on some kind of weird ass berserker drug it's never quite explained what he took but it causes him to become increasingly crazy. I, I'm not surprised that his sort of like self-image is that of the conquering hero. Uh, because technically, on paper, he looks like a hero. 
not because of the the, the bad things that he's doing but because of the reason the, the things that he's doing it for that's how i saw that i mean i feel like he's so bumbling not bumbling but he's, he seems so obvious about it all i can't believe he hasn't been caught I mean, the night that he catches little slugger and we obviously have to delve into that um oh when he's screaming i want to be caught yeah he's walking down the street with this satchel that he claims is his daughter's that she left at school and it pops open and in it are giant wads of cash and the mask he uses to rob people and then in that incident he gets beamed by little slugger who from yeah. all views is like that bat I keep thinking about the bat because it's not just bent. It's like bent and twisted, which for a metal bat is incredibly hard and virtually impossible to do. So it seems like a very signature piece. And then you've got the gold inline skates and the cap and the curly hair. And it really looks like Lil Slugger who comes down and whaps him. And then he throws an impossible throw of his shoe knocking down. Yeah, that was like the shoe that was thrown at George W. Bush. Remember Except that? Except he missed. This guy hits his yeah, target dead on. Yeah, imagine if it had hit. I mean, it wouldn't have changed reality. Lockout. It just would have been very satisfying for a lot of people. That that guy Lockout. apparently lurks on Twitter, and if you refer to the incident, he will um, pop up and like comment on it. I mean, I can't think of anything I would rather be known for forever <laughs> than throwing my shoe at a president. As long as it didn't have any negative repercussions. Well, in any case, uh, it's like the yeah, most I, I'm sorry. bumbling. Like he's screaming to be caught or to be, you know, to have some sort of escape. Little Slugger shows up and then he captures Little Slugger and he's turned into a hero. Like nobody's like, hey, you know, what's in the bag or you're just anything. Like, I, do you think there was a sense of divine providence on his side that he because he wasn't caught and because everything works out for him in those moments that he feels in the moment that he that he has been exonerated but, uh, he, but interestingly enough actions, everybody else gets a release from little slugger hitting them but in no way do i see that um he gets his release in this particular instance like he's oh he gets his release several times in the episode okay, but that was not what i was getting to he doesn't get uh, absolved of the responsibility <laughs> to drag up five million yen for the yeah. high-level crime boss. And yeah. I also had a question, like, the high-level crime boss also looks like the the chef at the restaurant, and I think this is where he's speaking with um, uh, with Ikari, and they're yeah. having a beer, and, like, he... I, I, they looked so similar. I was trying to understand. Was the episode trying to tell me something? Like, is all is this all in his head somehow? But it's a weird thing to like invent. The, like, why does he look so much like him? That's what I was wondering. Too. Yeah. Like, why are these two people looking the same? Is this like where the actual crime boss does his like non-crime bossy stuff? But it's also a weird job for a, a high-level crime boss to be like a chef at a restaurant. Also, he's he looks like a supervillain sometimes. So like, it's he's some kind of weird chemist. I think they called him a doctor. It's very cartoonish that part. I didn't really understand the part about the Hinomaru Zakura. Like he had this um. Like first of all, he gets 
he shouldn't be tempting Ikari that much because Ikari stops smoking. Right. But he he finds this uh like Japanese flag with the with the cherry blossoms on it uh, as a pattern on a matchbook. It's not even a matchbook. It's like one of those matchboxes with the with the matches inside. But apparently it's some sort of as famous a, brand of these. I guess so. And and that's where they have like a conversation and when he talks to the guy that you're saying looks like the boss he doesn't look like he doesn't sound like he's like an important guy he sounds like the proprietor of like podunk whatever izakaya i don't know i i also had to ask like if you if you have your nest egg your whole nest egg put it in a bank yeah put it in something that's fdic insured or Gosh, like not like don't have the whole thing. At yeah, all. don't just have literal wads of cash. Like, especially in like neat little folds. Like, yeah, it looks really cool, but none of you are gangsters who need to move their funds around in actual liquid cash because banks won't accept their money. I assume that you are not a drug lord listening to this podcast. If you are, you may disregard this advice. But otherwise, I strongly suggest using the banking system. It is an efficient and effective storage of cash, of money. So that's it. Um, I don't know what else to say about this episode, but I, I do feel, like I said at the top, that last week was partially about being a woman and this week is partially about being a man next week is going to be about being a dog <laughs> you you know more than i do i'm just joking i'm just joking it's not it's not uh but gosh I, we we glossed over a detail i can't and what detail i can't is recall that? if it was last episode or this episode but it goes i thought it was this one um but Tsukiko is speaking again with Maromi. They're watching TV. Oh yeah, it's in this episode. And um, and they're they're talking about how little little slugger has been captured, and they're about to describe how they're all connected or something. And Maromi turns off the TV, and Tsukiko is like getting ready to go to work, and Maromi says, "Do you see my eyes going wide at this part?" <laughs> and yeah, and and Mar was like, "Hey, this is a good thing." Um, and I was—I mean, it's very creepy. Do you think that? Do you think that in that moment, Sukiko looked happy to hear that it's that it's a good thing? Do you think she looked relieved? No. Uh, that's important I don't think- because they just got finished telling us that, like, people who were attacked looked relieved, but suddenly the killer gets caught and she doesn't look relieved. That's an interesting detail. Yeah. Uh, well, it's obviously the question is, is the killer really caught? Um, I mean, you should be... It really looks like him. You should be concerned that... I mean, if you're Sukiko, I wouldn't be relieved by Marumi talking to me at all. Um, especially trying to tell me about stuff that um, is happening in the real world. What did you think about the part where... in it? I didn't really get exactly what they were trying to say here, but they were talking about how, like, the de- the detective and Ikari were talking about how their generation is over, and there was a part in the manga where the guy was like, this is our generation now. Like, 
this is our time. This is our time. Our time has begun. But on the detective side, on the police side, we're dealing with pretty old guys. Like, it's not their time. So what are they trying to say? I feel like more that that particular plot needs to be unraveled more. I don't I don't understand enough about what's going on. Okay. All right, that's it for this week's episode of Okashina Podcast Anime with Friends. As usual, you can hit us up on Twitter at OKASHI Podcast. And uh, you can follow our links there to the rest of our stuff. We have a Patreon through the Orange Groves Network. Uh, it's patreon.com slash the Orange Groves. Uh, any money you give to them will go into putting us in a bunch of weird stuff and paying for our uh, hosting fees. And we can keep making this great show for you all. Anyway, Don, this has been fun. It is always fun. Shall we... Go eat something bad for you. I... Shall we go out with our signature animalistic cry? Yes. Okashkui koyo! Oh. That's right, it's not Beastars. Not yet, Sorry. not yet. You can do your howling when Beastars has returned. Okashkui koyo! Okashkui koyo!